0: Our theme this week is time travel. Movies about time travel seem to fall into two camps. Comedy, showing how much fun it would be to travel back in time. Or sci-fi, where it is used as a method to change some present or future event from happening. And although there are several movies that I enjoy that employ this theme, there is one that stands out. That takes a different approach and that's 2004's Primer. It was made, created uh, by Shane Carruth and I consider this a masterpiece. Not only does it take the science of time travel seriously but also the emotional and even spiritual toll it would take on a person to travel through time. I look forward to Glenn's thoughts as we examine Primer.
1: Welcome to Movies Will Save the World. My name is Glenn Cooper. I'm Chris Peterson. And this week's theme is best time travel movie. Uh, the movie that we're discussing is Primer. Um, and if this podcast goes any way, anything like the way the movie goes, it is going to be confusing and all over the place. And this is going to be a little bit of a freeform conversation, I feel like about... Oh yeah all of the different ways in which we can try and interpret and receive this movie which is a mind bender uh to be sure so uh Chris this this is your pick for this week so um That's right. Yeah I know, yeah tell us a little bit about why you picked it and and maybe you know why this is a good candidate for best time travel movie or movie dealing with time travel. Yes.
0: I actually have I own a copy of Primer
1: mm-hmm. the, the DVD.
0: And um I'm going to read you the description that they have <laughs> if you just pick this up and and you know from Blockbuster, which is actually where this is from. Wait, um, Block They just they there's still Blockbusters around? I have the No, no. This was when Blockbuster went out of business in town. All right. I got this somehow. (laughs) Okay. Um, So, this is the actual description on the DVD. Uh Uh-huh. And I'm going to read it verbatim.
1: Okay. I can't wait.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Everything you think you know about modern science is about to unravel. (laughs) While conducting experiments in a garage, two brilliant engineers who lead double lives accidentally Mm. discovered that their project enables them to travel back in time. Each man's curiosity leads to experiments without each other's knowledge. Some serious consequences. And that's it.
1: Wow. That's... That's amazing. (laughs) That's amazing. Oh, man. I... I don't, I think oh man I think whoever was in charge of marketing this movie was as confused by the movie as everyone who has seen this movie like that that isn't a way to interpret what we have just witnessed sure uh it's not the way I interpret it but okay <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean what I wouldn't even know like it is a very difficult I've seen this movie I don't know, maybe 20 times this week alone. <laughs> I've I still have a hard time describing it. Um, yeah. But I will I will begin by saying this. This is why <laughs> the case I'm going to make, mm-hmm. why this is the best time travel movie mm-hmm. because in 77 minutes mm-hmm. it deals with the scientific, mm-hmm. moral, emotional, physical, metaphysical consequences <laughs> of time travel. That no other movie is done. I there.
1: Uh, That's it. That I I I I so agree with everything you said, and it is such a big <laughs> statement to make, and and it's it's akin to the fact that you know Shane Carruth, right? The writer and director wrote it, directed it, acted in it, cine- was a cinematographer for it, you know, did the score. Yep, edited it. It's like did the score. It's like just <laughs> yep. It's everything that you shouldn't be able to do, right? It's like all of that bundled right. into, like you said, seventy-seven minutes. It's nuts.
0: Yeah, here's here here's an interesting fact. Uh-huh. So it's all every fact I'm going to tell you is interesting. So
1: <laughs> but we'll save the uninteresting the, ones right, so for off the air. Yeah, the, <laughs> the the bloopers show. Yeah, the um.
0: So it's 77 minutes long. Mm-hmm. Um Kruth said I shot 88 minutes worth of film. Yeah. everything. basically everything we see is one take. Right. He only took th- 3 minutes out of right. the stuff that they use. Yeah. So it was like <laughs> there there wasn't a bunch like you like you said. I mean, he did he did it all. It took yeah. him like 2 years right. I think mm-hmm. to to eat like what blows there's many things that blow my mind about this but one is that he started filming in 2001 Mm -hmm. this movie Mm -hmm. um it's 20 years it's 20 years old
1: yeah yeah
0: and somehow it it has stood up so much better than movies of just anything we've seen recently um in my in my opinion
1: i I agree i i think it really holds up for a a couple of reasons one i think it's it's a it's just a smart movie and it respects the audience which i'm I'm sure we'll talk more about but like also just like the 16 millimeter film that he shot on almost like removes it from the timeline of cinema that we expect right we're not sitting here looking at like oh this is 2001 cgi or this is when animation (laughs) got really good or or whatnot right no he shot it on a like You know, sixteen millimeter. It's grainy, it is an independent movie, and it is meant to be that way, which almost dislodges it from sort of our timeline of 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 how we think of movies and how they evolve over the years, you know? Um Yeah, and he shot this on a budget of seven thousand dollars, which seven seven thousand. It's yeah. It's insane.
0: (laughs) It And he um Taught, yeah, so much of the, it's both interesting and frustrating because I <laughs> I have the director's commentary, oh yeah, and I you know I watched it with Shane
1: uh-huh.
0: describing it, and uh-huh. you know every once in a while you get a, a nugget of like some insight about some choices he made, mm-hmm. um, but a lot of it's just like, yeah, those shirts we went to Walmart and bought them for three for ten bucks, yeah, or I mean he's very he's very much like. Like, all the do-it-yourself kind of filmmaking. And then he describes, like, these processes. Like, it's just some guy, Mm -hmm. seriously, in his, you know, in his spare time, put together on his own, this incredible film.
1: No one would say that what they were doing was complicated. It wouldn't even be considered new, except for maybe in the geological sense. They took from their surroundings what was needed and made of it something more.
0: Because so many other times when, when filmmakers have taken upon a project mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of done it themselves, it turns out like The Room or Demic oh, or, yeah. or something <laughs> <Yeah>. like that. <laughs> right, <laughs> it's, right, right, it's, right, right. It's, it's, it's so that he's um, – and he did make a point of saying or, – or, or made a point of that, he like you said, um, he wanted it to – like you couldn't pin it down to a specific time Mm -hmm. because he said he mixed up even using the technology that they used just as actors Mm -hmm. and props in the film. Mm -hmm. Like some of it was very dated and Mm -hmm. some of it was very current Mm -hmm. and he interchanged that. So you would feel like you didn't like you had a vague idea when this was, but you couldn't say, Oh yeah, that exactly. That's that period. And you know, it's, it, it, it adds to the kind of um, the effect that this whole movie gives you is just how it looks and feels um, besides the actual story itself.
1: Yeah, it's, it's so funny. This movie feels like, you know, Shane Carruth had been thinking about this for years, like and and right, like had this running journal of like these are the decisions I'm gonna <laughs> make and ooh, this I could do this and because like I mean so much of it, like I would never have, as a viewer even thought about that like, oh, is it important to me to know like, is this two thousand? is it 1990? you know when is it <laughs> right. right? But like all of those like subtle little choices, Makes it so as a viewer, I'm not thinking about that, right? I'm thinking about the story, and and the story is hard enough to comprehend. So, like, let's keep our attention there.
0: Some of what I say is actually his... He's describing his movie, so I'm just going to tell you what he thought he was doing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And see where that takes us. (laughs) But he... Basically, this movie, the kernel of inspiration that this movie started from mm-hmm. was that he was interested in how inventors invented things.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's where it started. Right. And he, he was just reading books about inventors that he thought was fascinating. Right. And he, he noticed that a lot of great innovations and inventions throughout time have been accidental byproducts of the inventor looking to do something else. Right. So like some of the real life changing things that we had, and he had some examples of that, have been you know these people were trying to do this one thing, right. and then they found out it had this other th- you know Property. consequence, right. and that became the, that the major thing, mm-hmm. um, and that so that was that was kind of the he built the script around that idea, mm-hmm. but he said you know that like the dynamics. In the movie, it's kind of like time travel itself is the mechanism through which the story is surrounded about. But it's really a story he (laughs) said, this is him saying, he said it's about trust versus risk. Hmm. (laughs) That's Okay. I, I, I wouldn't have. You know, that's not on the back of this DVD box here. That it's a story of a story of trust and risk between two two friends.
1: <laughs> I didn't um, hear either of those words in the synopsis you read <laughs> me off the D V D. Clearly the marketing department was not in the right room. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: um and how that gets relayed to us is a is fascinating. And like you said, the one thing, and we are probably going to talk about this a lot, yeah. is because, and this was intentional as well, that the movie was going to use real science as much as was right. available right. to the, you know, the dialogue right. and the things that they did are actually, you know, yep. in the realm of, you know, possibility. Like for instance, in the so like the first first kind of opening sequence of the movie when mm-hmm. the four guys right. um, are in the garage mm-hmm. um, and you know what uh, they're making this thing, I guess their their side hustle is this. I don't know what he, he said. They're called uh, J cards, which is something maybe you know what they are. I, I have no idea what that is. I,
1: I don't, I, I don't think it matters to the audience, right? The, the point no. is like they have developed something that they are moderately successful selling to yeah, like and that they're hackers and residents and that y- kind of exactly. thing. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I'm sorry, I know I'm I think, not. I think, are you? I think Abe just means that right now the JTEC cards are it. And when you look at the addresses on these things, we have a lot of apartments, you know, a lot of residences, but these are not the bulk orders to OEMs or retail giants. These are the quiet basement hackers. Yeah, hacker wannabes testing their dad's own money.
0: So, and they're, and like, they're more ambitious than that, right? right. So they're thinking, what big project can we do? Right. And the one the the one that um, Aaron and Abe want to do mm-hmm. is is and I guess evidently this is a real machine mm. that exists in our world <laughs> is that you have the ability to levitate non metallic objects
1: right right I
0: I guess we can really do that and what usually these are like huge <laughs> yeah you know building size machines yeah. and they're trying to make like a little box can do that. Right. So that's, that's, that's the invention that they're trying to do. Right. Um, and, and then we, the, the byproduct is what drives the story, <laughs> right. which is they can, they, they find out that they can travel through time.
1: Yeah. Who knew? Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I mean, uh, there's so much about this movie that I love, but I really do love the depiction of, you know specifically abe and aaron and the way that they interact and even when they're trying yeah. to explain to that the other guy who i don't even remember his name he's not he's that not important to me in this movie um where right. he just seems confused and and you have such a great scene of like abe and aaron going back and forth about like you know his idea to improve it make it more efficient right get it down to sort of yeah like, change the transition temperature to close to room temperature. Right. So improving on the <laughs> right, design. Right. And I, I, there's so much I love about the scene. It tells so much in this little dialogue where they are t- so simpatico, right? They are finishing each other's sentences, picking up from where each other leaves off. Um, and then you've got the third party trying to follow along. Right. And, and it, it sets <laughs> right. the divide early in the movie about like, this is really about these two guys and, and you know they will eventually break apart from each other but early it's it's about them doing their thing and sort of that kind of where they are separating off and and wanting to kind of move forward yeah. with this interesting thing versus what the other two want to do which they describe as eighth grade physics in a tesla coil which i loved <laughs> <laughs> you nerd yeah. yeah like it's
0: like he said cruz said the original idea was that um you know it'd be about these four guys and like how he viewed it is like kind of a boy's clubhouse mm. you know the garage yeah where they're just like screwing around with mm-hmm. stuff you know and the company's called i think uh, it's amoeba i think is the company yeah. and he even came up with a logo for it and he said <laughs> i was thinking what would be did. really cool cool to a six-year-old boy about a you know a company <laughs> you know that was his idea yeah but these are just essentially like like kids playing around right, and right. not really thinking about the implications of anything they're doing. Yep. Like they're just like screwing around Yep, um, and trying to come up with stuff that's interesting to them. Right. And um, yeah. So they're not like that morally developed, even though they're brilliant, you know?
1: Yeah. I, I read, I read another quote from uh, Shane Carruth where he said like, basically first thing, uh, uh, this is, I think what he said verbatim first thing I saw these guys as scientifically accomplished, but ethically morons. Like, yeah, and you see it, it play yeah, out, exactly. right? They, they they quickly get in over their own head. Most of this movie <laughs> is them not understanding, like, and you see them exactly. wrestle with, like, <laughs> well, I think I know how this works, but I don't know how it works, and. And I feel like that's honestly portrayed too. I mean, not to jump way ahead, but there's the moment where Shane Carruth's character uh, Aaron accidentally has his cell phone with him, and it rings, and
0: yeah, and and yeah.
1: Abe is like, "Are you sure that cell? You know how cell phones work?" And he's just finished explaining how they work, and then he's like, "No, not really." Um, and so, like, they're <laughs> smart enough to like apply methodology and 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 reason and kind of get so far but they're also aware of their own kind of limits to an extent but then also there is no like moral questioning about like i mean god we're on different timelines now what does that mean right you know uh and then you know and then you get to sort of the breakdown between their two characters but no it's yes i back to what you said at the very beginning right of this movie kind of standing up for so many different aspects. I mean, I I really do agree that it 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 puts it all out there, right? And it puts it all out there the way that it puts everything out there in this movie which is the audience we are just eavesdropping on this, right? And so it takes no time to try and explain to you the viewer <laughs> no. Anything, right? And it just sort of like drops it all at our feet to sort of like pick up the pieces and figure out what to make of it, you know? Yeah, cuz
0: even the Aaron's voiceover that yeah. we hear periodically uh-huh. is not that helpful. I mean, in terms of and we realize, you know, right. why he, eventually why he was doing that, but it's doesn't it it doesn't give us a whole lot of insight <laughs> into that because we are. We're we're going along in the ride with them and mm-hmm. they're as mystified as well we are as the audience because I mean there are lots of instances where there are <laughs> events that are described yeah but we don't we don't really see them. Right. But um there's not there's nothing there's nothing wasted in right. the sense that uh, um it wasn't in some way. Every 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 detail is some part of telling the story like Right. Um, like, it was, it's interesting you pointed out how similar they are, because that, of course, is, you know, intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and there was, he said, Cruth uh, said one part he did take out of the original script was like, you know, there's there's basic, he goes, I basically look at them as the same guy, but one has a house and a family, and the other kind of lives in an apartment and mm-hmm. just whatever. And he, he said that um, Aaron, Aaron's character got his girlfriend pregnant and they got married and he bought a house and, and that that was basically <laughs> that, that that was where their lives diverged mm. other than that they're like they dress the same they think the same mm-hmm. you know they have and um but yet during the movie there's of course this alternate plot that right. they are doing things that the other
1: one has no idea what they're doing right So, Chris, I'm I'm really interested in how you approached watching this movie for this podcast, um, and and <laughs> because I've said I'm interested in what you did, I'll prevent you from as- answering by telling you what I did. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is so you, Glenn. I know. <laughs> Yeah, I, here's a question. Uh, let me tell you what I think. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I really did. Like, um, I've watched this movie a ton of times, like like you have. When I first sat down to watch this, I you know I took a ton of notes, jotted down a bunch of things, and I actually enjoyed the experience less. Um, I sure. I re yeah. I rewatched it. Um, yesterday and today without taking notes and thinking about it too much and enjoyed it more and and most of the research that I did um, about this movie I tried to not get into so much of the explanation and I think it's I think it's a question that we should come back to is like you know when you sit down to watch this movie, what should you be? trying to do if that makes sense how much sense should you be trying to make about it but anyway i'm really curious about like you know what your experience was watching this movie these (laughs) times plural (laughs) through for for this project yeah i mean i
0: i've owned this movie for a very long time Mm -hmm. and initially after i fell in love um I did want to understand, well, how does the whole time travel box thing work, you know, and all that. So I did. I got obsessed with understanding that, you know, what that is Um, and didn't get very far (laughs) because it's really confusing. Um, So the more interesting question for me became all right, at which parts in the movie, which versions of Aaron and Abe are we dealing with? Yeah. Yeah. Because. Because that tells the story. Because they, like, you start to like this. This um, YouTuber basically said there's a minimum of six errands and five apes. <laughs> Sorry, what? Which? Like, what YouTuber? Oh, uh London city girl. Okay. Who okay. Understands a lot, lot more than <laughs> I do about math and physics. Um, <laughs> and basically, the the mechanism of you know how they. When Abe went on on his own and did it, you uh-huh. know he he it would set, turn on the machine and spend the day in the hotel. Right. Come back out six hours later, hop into the machine with the knowledge that he had, mm-hmm. and then start the day over. Right. So that's like day one. Mm-hmm. So, um, but then you know you think like for instance, like there is a point where yeah you're dealing with the Aaron Shane's mm-hmm. character. Right. You you, you see him viewing himself um you know it's that scene where they're in the, the in front of the u-haul um right. uh yep. storage facility mm-hmm. and you know he he sees that you know <laughs> it 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 is this kind of um you can see it on his face there's this mm-hmm. metaphysical right. identity crisis realizing that i am not unique um yeah I am, the the one thing you think you have control of is your your existence, but even that you do not have control over.
1: Yeah. Um, That. I I love, I love his quote later on in the movie, which is like, um, uh, I don't know what's worse, like to feel like I'm being paranoid or know that I should be, you know, should be paranoid. Yeah. Cause you're like, which, which version through am I? I? Cause he is clearly the second version, right? Aaron for the rest. well, I don't want to say for the rest of the movie because it yeah mo- goes off the rails. But he is the second yeah. version of himself. Yeah,
0: we u- we usually interact with Aaron two mm-hmm. um, at the end. <laughs> if we can, I don't know. There's no spoilers here, so <laughs> no, I can't no, really no. say. Yeah, I'm 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 ps- here's the surprising twist at the end. <laughs> yeah, I'm, not um- shy, I'm alone.
1: <laughs> We don't get the end night dream. Shyamalan no. cameo in this. <laughs> God. No, I actually <laughs> um just wait till I put oh, that, all of this movies up for
0: consideration. <laughs> no, You're gonna no, love we're it. Not di- we're not doing that. No, we're <laughs> not. Um uh, There's at least three different versions that exist yeah. of Aaron. Mm-hmm. Um which yeah, so you start to think about the implications of like it. They, you know, two of them know that, right? right. And the other, the original one, has no idea that there are versions of himself, right. existing
1: in in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be a weird feeling. Uh, I don't know. It's. <laughs> it be, I mean, it's so. It would be. <laughs> It's so disorienting, right? Like, I mean, you're disoriented as a viewer because you're constantly trying to figure out, like, what's going on. There are a number of scenes in the movie that seem to indicate a break in the uh, timeline or something is different. You know, the the two that's... Well, the three that stand out the most are, you know, when you follow Abe up onto the roof and he's looking down at Shane sitting on that bench, right? And then you cut down to Abe down below right and you're you're left to wonder like did he walk up on the roof look down then walk down or is it him observing another version right and and the other one is there's a scene when like the other two engineers come back into the garage and it's just abe there and it's just it's shot from behind him he's speaking Mm -hmm. kind of strange (laughs) He makes a weird reference that I don't think we understand. Like, how's that gift working out for you? It There's just, it's a change <laughs> in tone that I feel indicates something. But I will be honest with you, I don't know what it indicates. It just feels different.
0: The first time we see Abe at the top of the roof looking down, I think that is the Abe that has done his first time travel. Mm-hmm. He's very disoriented. Mm-hmm. And he looks down and you know, there's um, Aaron sitting there, but that is not Aaron one. That's actually the Aaron two that we know from later on. That right. that is that he's 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 gone back into. They have each have a secret machine, a right. fail-safe, right? right? Right. So that they can go back right. and reset, right, if something goes awry. So they're obviously both of them have been screwing around with that. Right. And we know that. Aaron has definitely done more time travel than he is letting Abe know. Right, um, that they're not they're not doing it together. Right, all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, which you know, which is that I guess that whole trust versus risk theme <laughs> that the movie is based on.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, the more we talk about it, the more I'm kind of like, okay, yeah, I see those two things as kind of the main, or I don't know, <laughs> two of the main. Elements here, right? And, and it definitely serves to ultimately break down the relationship between the two of them. But, um, yeah, it is, it is a really interesting question how much, if, if it's trust versus risk, and if the risk is such a great risk that you're, you know, even your closest relationships, your most trusted confidants, you still come back to this risk is too great to share. Uh, you know, or or let them in or tell them everything I'm doing or whatnot. Yeah. You know, it's it's an interesting question. I don't know where I would fall on that personally. Because they have that
0: discussion, um, where Abe asks have you told Kara his yeah. Aaron's wife mm-hmm. and he's he's not he hasn't right I mean, at least that version of <laughs> right, Aaron right, has right. not shared yeah. anything with anyone that we know of about what they're up to um I mean it's just great because the like they go through the motions I think of what we all would do if we had right. the power to travel through time right mm-hmm. it's like well what's the first thing you would do or whatever right. you know um you know, obviously you'd want to become rich or powerful or something. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, that's like, (laughs) that's the first problem they're trying to solve with this, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, and then you kind of, um, graduate to other things. Um, you know, like, like for Aaron, it is very important to change the past. Like that's something about himself. Um, you know, he talks about like, um, hitting that guy in the face, right, who's um, yeah. evidently stole some intellectual prop property from there, Mr. Platt. Yeah. Um, and they're having the, just that offhand discussion with Kara um, mm-hmm. in, in um, Aaron's house mm-hmm. about, you know, what would you do if you had all the money that you needed? Right. You just gave away all the charities. You got all the <laughs> stuff you want. What do you do with your day yeah. after that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, basically everything, you're the most powerful person in the universe, right? I mean, you can almost, what do you do every day? Right. And it's like, yeah. So like for, and then Aaron brings up this kind of offhanded comment, you know, I would go back and then punch him in the face and (laughs) then Mm -hmm. tell myself not to do it. Right. Right. And I think Abe is realizing, I think you see it on his face. He's like, they're eating cake and he just stops and he looks at him Mm -hmm. and he realizes, "Ah, crap, he's
1: probably done that. (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah, and and what's what like totally twists your mind around because like the first time I watch this through, and most times I watch this through, not trying to <laughs> analyze which which Aaron is which Aaron and which Abe is which Abe, I see that as the introduction of the idea of going back and doing it right, and then you see that you know they have more conversation like but what if you yep. could and like, they're sort of rationalizing it at like the gas station and whatnot. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> but it's interesting to think about, no, if, if the other way to read it is, oh, this has actually happened before. Right. And, and he's not necessarily introducing an idea to consider. He's actually describing maybe something he did. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Cause, cause that's clearly like
0: the, it's It's definitely a motivation for Aaron yeah. versus Abe mm-hmm. because, like, Aaron is obsessed with, you know, that party, right? right. Where the guy pulls out the shotgun. He, he wants to be the hero. He, he has it envision in his head of how this should go. And he keeps on evidently redoing it at least a few times um, yeah. until it starts to – obviously, this, this causality, it's starting to – Mess things up too
1: because yeah. they're like messing around too much, right? So here's something i I did not understand. Um I don't quite get why Aaron is so hell bent on stopping this thing that happens at the party, stopping the boyfriend from sh- the ex boyfriend from showing up and pulling out a gun, like right, because right. it's it's not it's it has it. What does it have to do with Aaron? It is—it's Rachel's ex-boyfriend, right? Rachel is supposedly the woman who's like, right? You know, infatuated with Abe, which isn't totally explained, yeah. other than in kind of the voiceover. Um, I don't quite get why he is so, why this is so important to him. I one of the notes I wrote down is like, what I when. When this happened the first time through, or they explained that it had happened, and Abe sort of just learns about it in that weird sort of garage scene. Um, yeah. I, for a, a long time, thought the movie was then going to be talking about allowing Abe to be the one who saved the day. But he never does. It's always Aaron. And I'm... No. I'm Right. And I don't know if, like is the rest of the movie that we've jumped back in time before that garage scene, because <laughs> yeah. in that garage scene, it's like halfway through the movie, he's already done it. You know, it's yeah. I, I don't quite understand that the, the relationships there and like why he's, he's just got such a, a fire in his belly to be this right. hero, you know? I mean, I realize that, Anything I say
0: about this movie is probably going to be wrong, <laughs> but I'm going to do it anyway. That sounds good. It's
1: listen, <laughs> it's I, I so wanted to. Scary. I wanted to start. I wanted to start the podcast by saying, like, listen, we don't know what we're talking about. And frankly, this is more, no. more going to be you answering my questions than me explaining anything. Because I have no we idea. Need a t-
0: disclaimer, yeah. <laughs> more than usual about talking about movies. I seriously showing off our ignorance.
1: I know. I thought about that. I. I, th- I thought about leading off with an apology. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> this is going to be as indecipherable and unreliable as trying to watch this movie is.
0: <laughs> we're going to just talk gibberish yeah, that's 90 right. minutes and
1: enjoy. Did you notice that when you were making notes at some point you couldn't write anymore? <laughs> and your ears started no, I bleeding? I started...
0: Yeah, no. I started to feel like those guys after watching (laughs) it so many times because, all right, there's there. Let's talk. Yeah, that's a good segue into some of the physical aspects, and then I want to circle back to, I don't know, to the party circles like the movie. (laughs) Yeah, but I do want to talk about, um, I like some of this is my own observation. Some of it is actually from the commentary. But Mm. one thing that uh, Carruth said was that. Um, one one physical cue that we we're given mm. it, uh, uh, is the, um, you know, they start out with, like, their, you know, starched white shirts and ties and all buttoned up.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the ones who have traveled the ti- through time the most are the most disheveled ones, you'll oh. notice, is what he said. He said that's a way to find, he goes, that's just, he goes, a small clue, like, mm-hmm. of, you know, like... Aaron 6 has the beard and you know obviously he's you know more not as clean shaven you know they have their shirts untucked yeah. at certain points and their ties loosened and sometimes they don't <laughs> you um
1: you realize that you've just given me the homework of having to go back and rewatch this movie as soon as we are done here <laughs> like oh that's another clue okay well this is he he purposely made a movie
0: he said that you can't watch just once. Well, like, yeah. And he said that's what sucked about. He's like every other time travel movie. It's yeah. like, okay, that was that was clever, yeah. and you know what happens if you kill your grandpa or right, whatever. Right, or, right. You know, it's like, do you not exist? Right. He's like, he said those are kind of boring questions to right. think about. Really, it's right. like that's no. There's there's no answer for that. Um, yeah, and it's not an interesting story to tell. So he's,
1: I I, I felt like he approached Shane Caruth approached the question of the infinite permutations and paradoxes that come with accepting the notion of time travel and threw them all at us right and not in the sort of tropey Hollywood (laughs) way right like no actually really think about it like what would you know like it just it spirals off into infinity so fast right Um, and he did a brilliant job of confusing us in this movie because it is impossible to grasp, right?
0: Yeah. Because he even said how he conceptualized, like, here, here's, like, this is when, it, to me, it starts to get crazy, even the making and the idea of this movie <laughs> to begin with, because he said, one of the first things I thought about when I was going to, I want to do a time travel movie is like, well, obviously the problem that's never addressed in time travel movies is that you go back in time and that the Earth has moved and shifted. So, from where you start, you may end up in outer space when you come out. Like, who, like who, who thinks of that? But So, he goes, so I had to design a system that basically you take these little tiny miniature journeys over and over again so you exist in each space and time so you can go back to a physical place that you started. Oh my
1: God, that is such a window into this guy's (laughs) mind. That is nuts. Oh, it all makes... Because it's like, (laughs) it all all makes so much more sense now how we get this as the output. It's like, I can't write a movie because we have to address the... (laughs) The spatial position of your body relating to the the Earth. Wow.
0: That's awesome. I know. Awesome. That's, and that's why this movie is a good time travel movie. No, because it does. It, right. It's tr- trying to address weird stuff like probably no one's ever thought of for as far as I know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's because he wanted to make it like, okay, somebody's going to think about this, so I got to make it seem plausible. Yeah.
1: Like... <laughs> Oh man. You know, uh, I mean, I, I know he started like his, his career before this was like an engineer and a programmer and whatnot. And there, there is a, there's a, there's a notion in sort of programming, which is called like gold plating, right. Where you like imagine every potential eventuality and like then code around it to make sure that like, well, if, what happens, you know? At e- <laughs> what happens when the time changes? What happens if the power goes out? How do we do this? And how do we do that? Like, I feel right, like right. that is the way that he approached this movie. It's like, you know, I got to figure out all of the different things that could happen, and then like write the movie around it. Versus everyone else who is in Hollywood that sees time travel as like this <laughs> Deus ex machina, like quick answer to like, oh, we, yeah, we gotta, you know, we got to solve this problem. Cool. Well, we'll just go through a wormhole, and we're good. <laughs> oh totally. It's, like every Star it, it's Trek just episode. like um
0: Oh right. I mean Star Trek, um Harry Potter, yeah. they oh, yeah. pulled that out of their butt, yeah. butts about that to mm-hmm. like um or even like remember the original Superman movie with Christopher Reed? Oh Reeves? yes like Oh yes, very much he, just by spinning the earth backwards
1: <laughs> it creates which I'm sure wouldn't have any ad- <laughs> which I'm sure wouldn't have any adverse effects on say nature no, marine would just animals. Fix that one thing, yeah. Oh gosh. Uh, yeah. So think about all, all the somebody who took that question very seriously. Think about all the babies that were born, and then he just rewound them. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Superman. Really super of you. <laughs> Superman. The worst. I, I just proposed to my fiance or my, my girlfriend, and she said yes. Whoops, <laughs> nope, rewound. Crap. <laughs> just to save one person. Oh god. Yeah, like the yeah most selfish superhero. <laughs> That's right. Well, they all are. Come on, let's be serious.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's true. If I've learned, yeah, yeah. In that way, this movie. Like, could you? You were mentioning, like, yeah, if Hollywood got their paws on it, like, could you imagine, like, if if they did like a remake, right? Oh, my they, God. it's like, it's, it's like Zach Efron and Seth Rogen and no. <laughs> crazy <laughs> scientists put a burrito in a microwave and,
1: <laughs> can, okay. and create a. <laughs> I, I was about to say, can you imagine. The notes that like uh, Shane Carruth at every stage would get right at the writing stage, at the directing stage, at the cinematography yeah. stage, uh, and and I have I think I think every note would either be what the fuck or the other note would be just no, <laughs> you know you can't make this movie unless you make it on your own right. Um, Oh, precisely. That's the only way this could have been done—is the way he did it. Yeah. You you add one more person, probably to this process, and it couldn't be accomplished. Right. I mean, I I read like so much about you know he he was so obviously self-taught on this, right? And like one of the things that he yeah. did was like he you know everyone said like well you can't shoot under fluorescent lighting, and he said well why not? And then he did, and it worked. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and like also you really shouldn't like direct and act and be the cinematographer and and, like and he did right and it worked so there's so much it but and that said like he's a he's the rare example versus all the other shitty movies out there but that are made by somebody with a crazy vision like the room right or something like that (laughs) but but you know it doesn't mean you can't try No, i think it's in that way
0: it, it's kind of i don't know inspiring it sounds kind of cheesy but like <laughs> no, the fact is. that this guy just had this this really cool idea and just mm-hmm. decided i'm just gonna do it and we're still talking about it because right. he was he, he constructed something that's not easy to, yeah. to unravel here <laughs> right like even though there's even parts in there that you would never think about um so like they're they're You know they're holed up in the hotel room, right? Mm -hmm. And that stuff is purposely in there for us as the audience to see. Like this is yeah, time travel actually is not that adventurous. It's kind of boring, right? Right, because they they literally just have to sit there Mm -hmm. and wait, Mm -hmm. and they can't do anything, and the you know they're just like it's become like a job to them almost right oh yeah just some kind of they're punching the cl- they're punching the clock <laughs> so they can get out make that investment and then mm-hmm. hop back in the box or whatever right or not i mean make right. hop back in the box and then make the investment right but right. yeah so it just shows like there's this kind of money you know it's boredom it's it's you know it's and it's taking like we said like an, it's taking a physical <laughs> effect yeah. on them yeah. like where you know the the their handwriting is like Mm -hmm. getting worse and you know the ear bleeding i don't think there's any significance to either of those two things other than it's just to show like there's also there's also like time travel it's not it's it's hard on your body because (laughs) basically they're making that's a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy kind of thing you know what i mean where it's starting to degrade a little bit
1: yeah and 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 that gets into some uh, I was about to say unanswered questions, but honestly, they're unanswerable questions, I think. But, you know, because the yeah. copy of the copy of the copy, but like, we are now the copy of the copy of the copy, right? Because like, it's, you know, we're so far back in in, in this, this process, right? And, you know, again, I don't like I said, sort of unanswerable. I like the introduction of like the ear bleeding and the writing as just another illustration of like, they don't quite, I mean, they obviously don't understand the rules and what they're dealing with and all that kind of stuff. And I, and I, I appreciate the <clears throat> openness that they have for each other. It like, I know this is about sort of the trust and the relationship between the two. Um, but they, 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 they do at times, at least when they are collaborating together, trust each other enough to be open with what they do or do not understand. Um, right. And I really appreciate that in their relationship, you know? Um, yeah. Uh, I also love <laughs> one of my, possibly my favorite moment in the movie is that first time when you know they get out of the car and 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 you know Aaron Shane Crew's character is bleeding from the ear and and yeah. and Aaron says to Abe he says is this normal and and Abe says what for the machine and Abe so and Aaron says no for <laughs> people for people what you think this is the machine <laughs> like and you oh what is this gosh it's on your ear your ears bleeding man give me that I got it. Is that normal? This isn't normal for the machine. No, for people. You think it's the machine? I I got it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. And I also love Abe's line where Aaron is like, do you think this is safe? And he's like, Aaron, I can conceive of no possible way in which this could be uh, could, uh, described as safe. Considered safe. Yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So we got off topic a little bit talking about the, par- about the party and the boyfriend and, oh, yeah. and why Aaron versus right. Abe and whatnot. And I wanted to come back to that, but I thought <laughs> what I really wanted to do, uh, because there are so many things in this movie that I I, I still can't quite grab you know wrap my head around or understand them. I really want to know like what your theories are on these things. So I have like a list of four things I want to talk about, um, but I'll just start with that mm. party. Like why, um, why Aaron, why was that such a big thing? Do, do you have any ideas or theories around, around that? And getting back to the whole like time sort of segment, like did it happen before some of the later s- the scenes that we see in the movie? I, I just don't know
0: right um of course i totally understand that completely so it'll be great (laughs) i'll
1: dumb it down so you can understand it (laughs) Uh, you might know (laughs) you might know (laughs) more than shane (laughs) caruth does because i'm not sure he knows (laughs) yeah no i i had to tell him um did you consult for him on like a pr tour or something like listen shane i've watched your movie one time through and let me tell you what it means (laughs) (laughs)
0: now this will be i mean for a movie that has so many layers and um intricacies i honestly think that in in terms of why that party scene is there what's it all about yeah um i honestly think it is it's one of the questions that would definitely come up in time travel it's like Mm-hmm. I mean I would think about it if there are there events that right. if you could go back in time would you change it right you know. right um do things differently right
1: I'm, I'm, I'm quickly cycling through every embarrassing moment in junior <laughs> high and high school <laughs> and like the, yeah exactly but I mean, I <laughs> think the time can... <laughs> the time that I was in like the fifth grade and farted in an assembly I'm like yep I changed that. <laughs> Which that happened. That's a real story. <laughs> when, as, as I was walking back after that one kid like leaned over to me and like, this is me as like a little boy. Right. And like, you know, just discovering that girls are interesting. Right. And this one girl leans over to me and it's like everybody heard that. (laughs) I'm like, I died so many (laughs) times in that moment. Died. You're still reliving it. Let it go, man. (laughs) I can't, I can't, I have to go back and change it. (laughs) I've just decided we have to quit this podcast. I need to go make a time machine to go fix this.
0: (laughs) But that's like you. Yeah. I mean, you would, I would like, I would think that would be a question that you would not the fart thing, but like just in general, no, I'm going
1: back to fix the fart thing.
0: (laughs) No, but that made you the person you are today, that event and how you dealt with a it. A very so broken person. That's part no. of the kidding.
1: <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if there were time machines? <laughs> sure, it'd be awesome. Why do you say that? No reason, really. What if I told you I had a time machine? <laughs> I think you were crazy.
0: So I think Aaron's motivation um, and what what that party scene, mm-hmm. honestly is about is it's it's pretty basic it's that again it's that it's that human desire to do something a little differently mm-hmm. um so he went back in evidently the you know the failsafe box mm-hmm. to get back even further in time right and his desire really is only to be thought of as like the hero the cool mm-hmm. guy so mm-hmm. there was something that happened in at least a couple renditions of that that didn't turn out the way he wanted mm-hmm. so that he was trying to um, but it like I said it started I, and I know I'm right because this movie <laughs> is so like it's obvious um, to you that's but that's my theory yeah um that that that's the it just it's a it's a it's it shows eventually how both those characters are kind of diverging in the sense of what they're going to do with this time. Knowledge, um, and what's the the
1: responsibility is to it. It, It's interesting. I, I I feel like that's probably the right answer. I mean, I know you that you know that you're right, but I'm coming along. You're bringing me along. Uh Um, but it seems like it's also reflected in his answer about the earlier scene we talked about. What would you do if you had the four hundred billion and blah blah blah? He's like, I want to go back and punch this guy, right? And and His thing seems to be about, yeah, I don't know, like, uh, revenge or fixing things from the past and that kind of thing versus, you know, Abe sort of being like, we have a responsibility. Maybe Abe is the only one that sees that there's a responsibility here because, you know, he is the one that is like going back at the end of the movie, right, and sabotaging the other boxes and keeping an eye on everybody right. and and that kind of thing. And Aaron, yep. like the very end scene is Aaron building a gigantic box in probably Brazil or something like that, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, so that he can go back and punch his high school ga- guidance counselor. I don't know. <laughs> right. But Because uh, I
0: think what that yeah, like that that question's like, well what would you do? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course they kind of know the answer in part, but I think for Aaron, he now is like he what else can you do you you know your future's set you go fix the past right you you undo those things that you were remembering and you're right like either grudges or you know get the girl you really wanted. to right you know get the get the life that you you know (laughs) so that's what i think like morally they are very you know they're teenagers in a sense yeah
1: You, you know what's funny about this uh (laughs) I feel like Aaron's character is the kind of person who would opt into a Groundhog Day situation where it's like, you're (laughs) going to, you have to live all these permutations to get the perfect day. I mean, to a certain extent, he's kind of doing that. Right. And the funny thing about Groundhog Day is you're like, this would be hell, right? To relive this over and over again would be hell. But like, there's enough, Compulsion there to like get it right that he leans into it. It's 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 interesting. I think it would be a
0: curse, yeah, to be able oh, to yeah <laughs> to have the to have that so called
1: gift. um Oh my which, god! Which... Uh, uh, yeah, for sure. Like I know how I play video games, and I am like a completest <laughs> video game player. Where I'm like did I get all of the things out of the room in the right order? And if I didn't, I'm like load from that save point, like going through life that way would be misery. Right. Um, You just can't do that. Right. And, and it, 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 it gives you the illusion of control and that control is where, happiness comes from right which it isn't you know right happiness comes from you know the the unexpected delight right the i didn't realize that I, hell watching this movie the first time i'm like i don't know what i'm getting into oh my god this is incredible right like you can't <laughs> yeah if you're just like let me go back <laughs> let me go back Oh god, the recursive ideas between going back in time to rewatch Primer for the first time—like I'm now, my now blood is coming out of my ear.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's um, yeah. Could you? I mean, the th- and I think this is what the movie does very effectively. It's like, all right, it brings up a question in me: Could yeah. you experience real joy? Right. Um, you know, because that's that comes from life's surprises, right? And and yeah, things do not turn out exactly perfectly for any of us. But yet, sometimes you let that play out, and things are actually better the way they turned out. than, you know, you don't know what you would have been like had that event didn't happen to a young Glenn Cooper <laughs>
1: in, in the auditorium. The part in cool. the auditorium um, it made me who I am today. <laughs> Thank you, girl, made who cool, in a sense. made sure yes. that I knew how insignificant I was in my early yes, years. <laughs> Just as their blood is... <laughs> Rushing <laughs> to my face. Yeah. I don't know why you're trying to make this all, like, smart and enlightened about, like, real life <laughs> and stuff. But I, I a hundred percent agree. Like the moments in my life that I look back upon with the most joy are—they are surprising moments. They are unexpected moments. They are moments where, you know, I learned something, and realized that that was—that's amazing. The moment I learned I was going to have my third child, which was not planned, I felt—I right. yeah. felt joy. I w- and I was so. Excited because it had not been planned, and I was, I was excited by the fact that I was excited. I'm like, I'm so happy that I'm responding <laughs> in this way, right? Because you could be like, oh my god, we can't afford it, it's not planned for, it. blah 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 blah, right? But I was like, that's awesome. This is an adventure. I didn't plan for it, etc. So, um, no, I don't. I think you're totally right in the like this notion of like you know he, he says shane Carruth at one point says we're prescient right we control all of the angles like what a yeah what a uh depressing way to live right and and i think maybe <laughs> maybe part of this plays into his moral um moral deficiency that i it, that he would spend so much time trying to go back and just like Punch a guy in the face that did him wrong, or be the hero at a exactly. party, or frankly, at the end of the movie, say goodbye to his wife and daughter and be fine with <laughs> that, right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's nuts. He, he just is like, No, I, I've got yeah. this power now, I'm gonna go live that life,
0: yeah, which to me. It- it doesn't uh, that doesn't appeal to me but i <laughs> yeah. maybe it does maybe that's something that yeah other people would like to be able to tweak their lives yeah, like reverse, go backwards, fix that, go ahead, go back, you know, do that forever. I, I don't know, man. I wouldn't I, I'm ex- I wouldn't want to do that.
1: I'm exhausted living regular life. I can't imagine, you know, if you're like, <laughs> because like, where does it end? Okay, like, let's pretend for a moment. Like, Precisely. Let's pretend for a moment that like, I have the, oh, oh, I really screwed this up, up this argument with my wife, or I was a little bit too hard on a kid, <laughs> and they're going to hate me. But eventually, you're like. Oh man, I got out of bed and I stubbed my toe. Let's just redo that. Like, like, there's no end to it, right? Like, oh, we're out of Q-tips. <laughs> I've got to go back and fix that. Uh, it's just it's infinitely exhausting. I can't. Even, I'm getting tired thinking about it.
0: Yeah. So the the movie introduces that idea as one of the consequences yeah. of being able, right, to time travel. Right. That it's not just to like, right. Like when when do you decide to which events do you decide to choose and not choose? It's it's like an addiction. <laughs> right. You know, it's right. like you, you start to set up rules. Okay, I'm only going to drink on Tuesdays. Or <laughs> I'm only going to you know, drink at night. Yeah. And then, then it kind of those days and and so your time thing probably starts out like yeah we're, i'm only gonna do this much right and then he's like okay then i'm gonna do this much yeah. and then i'm gonna you know uh, which we don't know but that's he the whatever versions there are of him that have yeah i'm talking about aaron's character have the, have the knowledge of time he doesn't seem to be bothered by it right. as much as um abe you
1: know abe's yeah.
0: conclusion of what of what what this means um
1: no he's he's gonna go to a starbucks and the barista is gonna make a sideways comment about his shirt and then he's gonna go back and relive that day to put a different shirt on you know <laughs> yeah. i mean I, I i mean i don't like why else is he baking the building the bigger box at the end he's like i gotta correct my middle school upbringing yeah anyway, yeah <laughs> so i want to jump okay so I, I have a couple other questions to put Out there, yeah. Um, the Platt character and Mr. Granger, Thomas Granger. All right, I, 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 the Platt character, like, it's so, it feels so minor and yet feels like it might have meaning. And I'm just trying to figure out what the meaning (laughs) is. And I do remember, like, there's the scene which is a little bit weird where they get woken up after the guys hitting the car alarms going off. Yeah. And yeah, this is so subtle in the dialogue. I actually recommend watching this with the subtitles on. Cause I was able to follow a little I, bit more.
0: Oh yeah. I definitely am. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. But you know, they're talking about, I think it's either Abe or Aaron says to the other, like, do you have his home address? And they're talking about Platt. Like, can we go take care of the Platt thing? Yeah. What are they doing? Are they doing the go back and punch <laughs> him? Explain this to me.
0: <laughs> I... I. All right, in that case, I assume so. But again, like, the movie tells us not, you know, it, it sometimes there's stuff that has meaning that we never see. Yeah. That, that's, yeah. you know, it does. And I don't think it's like a cheap gimmick, mm-mm, mm-mm. you know, it's just, nope. I mean, it may have been, it may have been that they literally didn't have enough film. That's probably true. It, or they had to turn it, turn in the cameras that way. <laughs> they're measuring
1: you know, they, it. Oh yeah. We rented the camera. They're measuring it by the foot. <laughs> and they're yeah. like, we don't have enough feet of film left to film the plat scene. I, I wonder. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean,
0: but in terms of the, Platt, I'm not sure of. Granger, I think it's deliberate Mm -hmm. that when he shows up and they're confused, Mm -hmm. evidently someone, one one version of either of them, and I'm not sure which one, told Granger about it. Right. Because how how else would he have known anything about this other than one of those two,
1: you know, did it on their own? It it definitely has to be right, because like, you know, Abe places the call and like talks to his double on the phone and meanwhile he's back there yeah um i thought <laughs> and and then they address it later right they're like you know there's no way i would tell anyone about this no way can you think of any reason that you might no i can't sometimes we do things you know we don't know how we got no to that point. no i can't can't what i can't think of any reason why i would oh i can't either what if it's an emergency So you do if it was an emergency? No, I don't know. What, so you might then? I don't know. What kind of emergency? It definitely has to be one of those two. One of the things that I felt was interesting and maybe a clue, but I have no idea what to make from this clue, is, you know, when they go off chasing him down the alleyway, like it's Aaron that's chasing him. And then it's like this weird cut from Abe's perspective to, you know, Thomas Granger just lying on the ground but then abe yeah. is on or, or aaron is on the ground too he's like oh don't worry about it i just oh, slipped yeah. like i mean hmm. i don't know i just i wonder <laughs> if something happened there i wonder if it's aaron that was the one that brought him back because at the end of the movie i mean yeah these guys have time travel they can make money but he clearly at the end right when he's making the new machine, he's hired an entire construction crew is building all this thing. You know, yeah. I, I do wonder about maybe there's a tie-in there with uh Thomas Granger as sort of a funding source for what he wants to do. I, j- I just don't know. Well, that was, yeah. Because that's how we're introduced to him is right. that they
0: want him right. to, you know, I and that seems to be the only reason actually why Abe <laughs> is in this relationship with Rachel is to kind of work the... Yeah. ...that angle of like having... Having her dad yeah. as you know a possible um, source of funding,
1: which is another um, strange relationship. I know they sort of set it up again. One of the yeah the critical uses of voiceover in this, right? Which is like, Mister <laughs> Granger was only there to please Rachel, and Rachel was only there to please Abe. But it
0: was only there to please. I don't yeah
1: feel like they're in a relationship. It's it's a little bit weird, and then it gets weirder at the end. <laughs> when right. you know uh, Aaron is like oh what reason would you have to stay it's like implying that Abe has this like crush on his family you know
0: <laughs> that is interesting I, you know what like that's <laughs> that's something i never thought of cuz all right there's that once brief little vignettes where they're in the restaurant uh-huh. right uh-huh. and it's it's Abe and Aaron yeah um Cara and Rachel and their um Laney, I think is their yeah, daughter. Yeah. The the little girl's sitting actually not with her dad. <laughs> right, right. She's sitting she I thought I thought, oh, like Abe has a kid, but no, oh, that's yeah. not his that's not his daughter. Mm-hmm. It's it's Aaron's daughter. Right. I mean, I don't know if that that what that means or if it's just like yeah, we just we did it that way and we forgot. And we just, we didn't, we didn't reshoot it.
1: (laughs) No, Aaron in the airport, when they're sort of parting ways says like, you can keep a set and I'll keep a set in different hemispheres. Like really implying that like Abe has just been like this hanger on um, to, you know, the family life that Aaron already has. But I feel like it is implying more than just wanting family life, but actually wanting his wife i and and maybe the daughter is just you know incidental but i don't know it's just it's there's so much of that like the relationship between abe and rachel and abe doesn't seem to be super in and then like the stuff that comes out later um i feel like there's a lot implied there um that yeah it's it, it again assists with sort of the breakdown in the relationship between these two guys
0: So, the use of color in the movie, mm-hmm. I guess, was a topic that has come up, had come up to, to Carruth at these little, I don't know, whenever you show a movie, you know, an independent movie, mm-hmm. you have those little panels where they ask you questions and people would ask him, you know, what do the different colors mean? Mm-hmm. You know, because it's, it's pretty obvious. And um, he said, originally, I thought, you know, maybe we'll just like use the colors to differentiate, you know. Different versions of, of the timeline, mm. but he said it became way too cumbersome <laughs> and, yeah. and, and complex to do that. And he said honestly, it was it was just out of necessity mm. because we were using so much natural light right. that, like in the daytime, it's going to appear all yellowy <laughs> and brown, yeah, and whatever. And inside, it's going to be more blue and yeah. green. So it had the colors are, are you know are basically practical. Right. There's there's it's not arbitrary. In the sense that it's whatever. Yeah. it's just what he what he could do with it.
1: Right. He didn't have the the Michael Bay luxury to film every single scene <laughs> at the magic hour and have everyone be drenched in pink sunlight. <laughs>
0: no, <laughs> no. And so that's why it. He uses it to actually to great effect right. sometimes. In the, you know where there's those scenes where it's it's dark out and mm-hmm. they're like doing mysterious stuff and it's like it's interesting, but it it's done not. Not because he necessarily envisioned it that that was the way, but it had more to do with the, yeah, just what was available there at that place in time and how to make it work. Well, I think, um, I think, which was interesting.
1: Yeah. And, and I do think that like, and I know nothing about <clears throat> film or film stock or whatnot, but I mean, <laughs> but like, I do feel yeah. like, you know, the, the sort of shooting on sixty millimeter while probably a constraint, like a cost constraint it's a little bit forgiving yeah. right because like that that nighttime scene where they're looking for the cat in the fountain like <laughs> right. you know that would be a jarring thing if you had just been in like HD quality something or other and now it's this old grainy outdoor nighttime scene right but in the context of the way this movie looks overall um, I don't mind it you know it it, it it feels like what it is which is a, a shoot you know shoestring budget independent m- movie. Um, and I do, you know, um, you know, constraints breed creativity. Right. And I feel like he, right, he, yeah. he, he had to made them work most... around those limitations. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, and I, <clears throat> again, it's nuts that he did all of these things, but I really enjoy the score to the movie. I feel like it, it helps the the viewer transitioned from different scenes to different scenes like the music changes a little bit when it gets into like early yeah. on in the movie when it's just abe and aaron like in the garage bouncing ideas off mm-hmm. each other and stuff the, the 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 score is very like playful and interested you know um versus other times i just i felt like it again for jesus for a first time filmmaker like to figure out a way to kind of help communicate those sort of changes in mood um just through the music i thought i thought it 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 worked really well
0: yeah he um yeah as you said he he basically yeah composed the whole thing almost i think almost all of it except for one song Mm -hmm. i think he said his brother wrote Mm -hmm. or something Mm -hmm. um And he said, as I was doing it, I was, I, he goes, I was learning like, oh, I'd never thought about how music works in films and when you use it (laughs) and when you don't use it and what it should sound like. (laughs) I hate him so much. (laughs) (laughs) So he said, the only deliberate things I did was like at the beginning, like you described, like he said, I wanted the tone of the music to be more like like piano Uh and guitar, like real instruments, Mm -hmm. like at the very beginning. And it kind of descends, (laughs) he goes into more electronic and more just chaotic Mm -hmm. sort of soundscapes rather than songs, Mm -hmm. you know, as they get deeper and deeper into like, they've just opened up this whole world of chaos through their time traveling Mm -hmm. so that the music would reflect that. But he said, yeah, I never never really thought about how they used music in movies until (laughs) I started to make a movie.
1: God. (laughs) every every current or past film student going to like NYU or something like that is just like so I guess I just burned this $150,000 thanks Shane Carruth uh, in their defense he only exactly. did make this movie and one other so like you know there's that <laughs> but no I thought the score was good I, th- I thought you know there were a bunch of creative ways that it was shot also like Um, there's some really cool angles within the storage locker where it's sort of like from the ground looking up. Yeah, just some interesting sort of shot compositions and and, and the camera sort of like panning around the users. There are some scenes that stick out to me, and because this is such a confusing movie where you're looking for clues, I'm constantly asking myself, is the way that camera panned... Does it indicate something that I'm missing, you know? And it's just like, you know, some <laughs> right. of the other scenes that feel different and you're not quite sure why. And it's like everything in this movie could be a clue. So who knows? Um, but I think it looks great for, you know, what what he had to work with. Do you remember that scene? Um, <laughs> like you,
0: you you don't know who it is at first, but it's, it's actually Abe. And he's like, he put a, like, he's setting a little, Plate down, yes. The fork and a, like a knife <laughs> and a muffin, <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> and it seems like, wow, what it's but uh, Caruth was saying that yeah, I just wanted to show like one thing about Abe's character yep. is that he's the one that's really um, wants it coordinated, wants everything right. set in the right sequence and time. Right. And he doesn't want to screw things up, mm-hmm. so that's part of his personality. And that also they're just like doing dumb normal right. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, with this incredible power that they have. <laughs> yeah. There's still the, mun- like I said earlier, like the, like just the mundane things of life still have to go on. You still have to eat. Yeah. You still have to sleep. You still have to do all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like you're controlling time. Um, which that juxtaposition, like you see how it play out just like, yeah, like, you know, he still is a, you know, Aaron still has a wife and a child. Right. I don't know what happens to their jobs. Do they just stop
1: working? <laughs> I don't at know. That point? I'm not- They're like, they, they took time off <laughs> they said they got mono right so it's like i'll be out for a couple of months <laughs> yeah no i i love i really love that scene and I love that sequence for a couple of reasons one um I do love the way that it illustrates the fastidiousness and you know the the desire for sort of the symmetry and like i mean yeah who eats a muffin by putting down a napkin and then a a, a fork <laughs> and a knife? And then, like, yeah, and then he centers the muffin on the plate, and then he takes the <laughs> wrapper off the muffin and then re puts it on the plate, and then he brings the whole TV tray into the other room, yeah. And, and I, what I loved about that, not only does it, you know, like you said, it il- illustrates sort of his like, he is the methodical one, he is the, the dialed in, the detailed one, right? But I also felt, and maybe I'm projecting a little bit. I felt that that was one of the first points of the breakdown in the relationship between those two, because I I felt like Aaron is just like looking at this, like, Oh my God, can you just stop? Like, just it's a muffin, eat a muffin. Right. Like, you know, um, and you know, I do feel like in that scene, they're a little bit, I've had it with each other. It's not obvious, but I just have that vibe. Right. um, And, you know, that, that, his fastidiousness and his, you know, methodicalness, if that's a word, you know, comes up earlier <laughs> in a few times, right? Where Aaron's just sort of like steamrolling ahead in the garage and, and, and Abe a couple of times yep. has to say, like, no, 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 hold on. I want to go through the checklist again. Um, yeah, no, that's, <laughs> we, yeah. like, yeah, because
0: Caruth wrote that actually pretty ingeniously into the actual, um, he he walks Aaron through the process, right? So yes. he as the audience are experiencing it as Aaron did of like
1: That was you know, so well he, done. They go
0: to they go to the guy's like yep. tell me what you told him. Yep. Or
1: you t- tell him what you just told me. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> he just he, and you like Bradshaw turns. You've got the engineer, he's like, some kind of fungus yeah. turns some kind of fungus. It's <laughs> so well done. And then you've got the other lab guy <laughs> yeah. with those thick glasses, you know, like he's like, yep. yeah. <laughs> I loved that whole. That may be my favorite sequence in the movie. I mean, um, I, sorry to interrupt. Oh yeah, go ahead. go ahead. Oh, oh no, I agree. I, I, I think that is a way that we get to
0: yeah. have it explained to us, somewhat of like what happened. But it also it it fits. It fits Abe's character. Yeah. Um, and it they're they're you know and they're scientists, right. so he knows he has to like. Here's what I did. Here's what happened. Here's the steps I took, you know, because they're both thinking that way anyway. And, right. you know, so it doesn't feel fake. It doesn't feel like, oh, here we're just being force fed exposition. Right. He's like, we're getting walked through it, sort of. Uh,
1: yeah. No. <laughs> we
0: are, but um, without any dumbing it
1: down. Right. No, it really is a brilliant way to do that. I had thought, I had not thought of the. I hadn't thought of it in terms of Abe's character um, before. You know, we've been we've been talking about this, but I think you're totally right. That that definitely fits. I had thought of it as respect for Aaron and respect for the thought, mm. the fact that you can't just drop something on someone, someone <laughs> who has that sort of like methodical. And you even see it later in Aaron, where Abe's trying to explain. He's like, "Wait, I got to write this down." You know. Uh, yeah. Abe knows Aaron enough to know that he needs to be brought along. And <laughs> Yep. And I did feel like it was it that I felt like was a strengthening moment of their relationship where Abe mm-hmm. knew that this is what his friend would need. And the moment where he stops and makes that little speech, I love the I love the like sideways, you know, when Aaron is thinking about like, well, we we'll need a place, you know, and where can we do this? And he just sort of glances over and he's like, <laughs> You know what we could use, you know what we could use, and then you know, you see the U Haul storage facility, and that's the moment where Abe is like, Okay, listen. Look, I know I know we've seen a lot of crazy things lately, okay? And I know you're still trying to put it all together in a way that makes oh, sense. But you really? no no, I don't. Look, I just want you to understand that what's next is not a prank, okay? I wouldn't do that to you, and, and I'm not doing that to you. So when you see this, you can't yell or, or make any noise or run anywhere, okay? I know, I know you probably feel like you're being tricked or made fun of, but you're not, okay? I promise you, you're not, okay? So it just feels it feels like a good representation, not only of Abe's character, <laughs> but of their relationship, at least at that point, right? And then it like goes downhill
0: from yeah. there. Yeah. Now I was thinking of like. <laughs> If if you and I had like a similar <laughs> conversation and you had said something like I would freak out right? Yeah. Like, what do you mean I mean like I would immediately like yeah. Holy shit! What's great. Right. <laughs> what's gonna happen? Right. And I I do think like honestly I thought it was that little that little part where you see the double yeah. or the other version uh-huh. that actually was a like I had a, it was a jarring moment the first time I saw them mm. saw this movie mm-hmm. when when that happened because I didn't know what to. I mean, there's so much of this movie. It's like, well, what? You don't know what to expect, you know. And I certainly wasn't thinking, "Oh, there's gonna he's gonna look at his friend walking." Yeah. you know, with a oxygen tank. Um, it, that's I thought that's such a crazy way to introduce like um, this concept. It's even and it works.
1: I mean, it's even crazier when you think about the fact that you're seeing that when he's seeing it he's seeing it now yeah. as his second one through, right? Yeah. Which is, is right. nuts. Yeah. Which he, I, I don't think I even fully grasped that until this conversation. Um, yeah, well, Jesus. Yeah, uh, hang on a second. I need a, a rag because blood is actually leaking out of my ears just having this conversation. <laughs> what? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> damn you it's it's (laughs) pulling up in my headphones and uh i gotta take care of it (laughs) i'd like to just take a few minutes and talk about the dialogue because i think for me the dialogue is one of the things that i love the most about this movie um yeah i agree and i am such a sucker for i am a sucker for good dialogue i'm a sucker for fast dialogue i'm a sucker for stylized dialogue which whenever we get to any Mm -hmm. any mammoth films uh that'll be an interesting conversation (laughs) but i am just like an unapologetic like sucker for that stuff but what i love so much and what is so compelling to me and makes the movie feel like it's moving along is like they are speaking with each other at their level, they're not pausing at all to yeah. explain anything to us, and they're using jargon, <laughs> and they're jumping back and forth and jumping ahead. And, like, what I so enjoy is that it just feels real. It really feels like the way these two guys would, would talk, and it, it just clips along at such a pace, you know? Um And I love all of the little things that aren't necessarily said or the things that are referred to that aren't explained. Like, you know, if you sit down and try and map the movie out, you're going to be sitting there going, what did he mean by this and (laughs) what did he mean by that? But honestly, I think if you watch this movie just to sort of soak it in as an experience and not try to sort of analyze the whole thing to death of, of what everything means. I just think it moves really well. Um, and again, it like, it, 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 it respects the viewer, you know, and I I read some quote that was like, you know, one of Shankar's goals was to like, what if we made a movie that had, had zero exposition at all? And I think he succeeded at that because there is none. Yeah. That's, that's, that is exactly what he's
0: done. Um, I mean I I can remember my first my first experience watching this I think like Netflix had it or mm-hmm. Prime or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I knew absolutely like fortunately I knew nothing about the movie going in. Yeah. I mean, it hadn't been hyped up to me. I hadn't heard any buzz about it or anyone re- nobody recommended it to me. Mm-hmm. I have no it, it was that great description that oh, I read man. from you from the box. That's what that's what sold me. <laughs> no <I'm kidding>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> Well maybe they did do their was, job. Um,
0: so first, I th- like I remember watching it, and, and like they're in the garage, and they're not, you know. I found out later they're talking about real things. I just thought, you know, it's just techno babble or something, but it wasn't. Um, but I, th- I thought, well, maybe they'll come back and explain some of that, mm-hmm. and they never did. Right, right, right. And I thought, oh, that's kind of cool. Like we're now in this world. Yeah. Um, that you might know something about or you probably don't. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I guess even that diagram that they're, you know, that machine that they were mm-hmm. attempting to build, mm-hmm. I guess that's all real stuff. Right. Like that's like, that's not just like, you know, scribbles on there. They actually, they actually, somebody sat down and made this a bunch of actual equations and diagrams that describe a real Thing and that's what they're talking about yeah. using that dialogue or the, or the what is it the uh, fungus or mm-hmm. whatever um, that that again that's a real thing in nature right, right. and it works exactly like that guy <laughs> described it yeah. and I guess he is a real PhD student like he was the brother of one of the cameramen that's awesome um, <laughs> and they they paid him by. You know, getting a burrito. I was going to say, because <laughs> he's dollars. eating that burrito. Is that the ba- that's-, <laughs> that's why it's there, because he was hungry. And
1: they, they said that's the only way he would do the scene. Oh my God. <laughs> so, are you kidding me? Chris. Yeah. Chris, I mean. I'm, no, he's not an. A- yeah. Are we establishing the precedent that the burrito needs to make an appearance in every one of our goddamn episodes <laughs> at this
0: point? <laughs> that's
1: what I'm hearing. <laughs> You're right. I just realized that. That is a theme. Maybe that's what this is all about. Yeah. Last episode, you did like, mention Con Air. Are we going to work that in here somehow? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be harder. Yeah. How about Taft?
0: I haven't heard one mention of, like, we could go back and save Taft's
1: life. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but anyway, the, every, all those little parts yeah. are not, like, the guy Bradshaw, who's the engineer in the... right. I don't know, whatever laboratory yep. it was. He's an actual professor at Texas University who they knew. So uh, <laughs> I it's not like they went out and got, got the best actors they could find. They got actual people who it, do those things.
1: And, and, and that is such, I mean, I am blown over by everything that Shane Carruth did on his own. I am also blown over by the fact that Uh, The Abe Abe character is like really the only professional actor he hired, and everyone else is like friends and family. And it, I don't, yeah, (laughs) it doesn't read as bad acting to me. Everyone, really, to (laughs) me at least, the performances come off really well. It's not what you would expect from someone who's like never done it before, and I don't know who to give credit to. Oh, I know? know. I mean, you got, I guess you got to give it to. Shane Kruth either for making them feel comfortable or for picking the right people but um, it's incredible it really is that's the thing
0: the more i've <laughs> it's this it's just like the movie it's a paradox so like the more i learn the more i appreciate yeah. just how this thing was put together but i would say i i understand it any better i really you know no and and the questions that the movie brings up still remain yeah They don't get. The more you know about the movie, it doesn't answer the questions any easier. (laughs) It may appreciate appreciate the the vehicle that it's presenting that to us, but yeah, I mean that's why this movie I think will probably stick around still because Mm -hmm. the questions will remain. Um, And it it doesn't give you. It gives. It shows some responses to these things of what you would do, but it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't preach at you. In the sense, like, well, this is what you should or shouldn't do. Right. Um, that's, yeah. Right. I mean, that's what life, <laughs> that's what life is like for most of
1: us. Right. So I, I think this brings us back to kind of the, you know, the theme, the thesis statement where we started, right? Like best this you know you have presented this you have dropped it at our feet um as sort of like you know candidate for you know best time travel movie i am ready from my side to just say yes absolutely and i and i'm ready for a couple of reasons it's some of what we just talked about like the movie asks more questions that it answers it leaves so many things open to interpretation um it introduces things that don't get, you know, fully realized. It, it alludes to situations that may or may not have happened. It is, which timeline are we on? Which version of each character is this? And the reason that I would say it definitely <coughs> uh, fits the bill is, I think that is the core... You know paradox or or problem with you know the notion of time travel is it is a noble it's infinite permutations it is yeah so many different ways really in cool. which anything could go and i and i i think this movie really just like picks all of that up says i'm gonna tell you a story that like you know presents this as in as confusing as it would be if it were possible And then (laughs) drops it at your feet, right? right? And you have, and each time through, you get to pick up which pieces are you going to pick up and which ones are you going to take meaning of today? And, you know, um, I I think it's just, I think it's just a really, it's a really smart movie, I think. And I think it's, it does such a good job of avoiding so many Hollywood time travel tropes. but it's yeah. a fun thought experiment and this movie is a great thought experiment i think that's um it seems like that's
0: yeah <laughs> it's, he what he envisioned in whatever he's sitting in his dorm room and yeah. you know thought this would be an interesting story to tell or how, how to make the story be told mm-hmm. i think you Actually, I think you touched upon the one thing that I, the reason why this movie works for me better than any other time travel movie. And this isn't going to sound very strange, but that it seems the most realistic yeah. um, or it seems yeah. to be based in reality. Mm-hmm. It's 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 not like there's another movie that I really like um, that has come out recently, Tenet. Oh, yeah. You know, Nolan's mm-hmm. time, time travel movie. Yep. But you know, I don't really relate to the protagonist right. in the sense like the decisions that he makes because there's, it's, he's like a superhero yeah. or a secret agent. Right. You know, his life is you know. But these guys live like boring normal lives mm-hmm. and they have jobs and they're trying to you know, like those characters. You can put yourself in in their lives yep. in a sense, and then yeah, how would I, how would I react or what would happen? And they're like you said earlier, they're yeah. they're. Their experience and they don't understand, like you know Abe saying, "Why is our handwriting right. all messed up or whatever?" You know, it's like, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's time travel for you. You know, no, I, <laughs> that's what that's what happens. Your ears
1: bleed and your <laughs> handwriting's bad. Yeah, no, I feel like this movie does something that so well that it's such a complaint i have for so many other movies where people just not acting the way that like rational human beings or even irrational yeah. human beings right it's not about rational or irrational it's just <laughs> how would human beings act right. right and so many movies people act in a way that furthers the plot not in a way that someone would do and these two right they seem like you know they are true to their character they are engineers they are trying to reason and ration their way rationalize their way through things um i feel like to a certain extent like you know their their downfall is sort of this reliance they have on their own ability and and science and and that sort of thing and kind of a disregard for some of the moral questions come up should we be doing this what does this mean (laughs) right but it feels very like how a human being put in this situation would react um i think it does a really good job at that and i i really enjoy it for that reason
0: the other thing that i think this movie talks about that so many movies don't is is like just because we can do a thing yeah. should we do it oh, yeah. right i mean that whole it's a question in science like yeah we can clone things right. you know we should try to you know maybe we can clone a human should mm-hmm. we do that mm-hmm. i don't know like there there's there are moral implications right. for all our decisions that lead us you know mm-hmm. <laughs> closer Farther away from death, you know, yeah, yeah, but your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think they should. This movie does that. This, 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 this to me, the movie also brings up the ideas of like which, when we interpret something like a movie, how much of it do we credit, um, you know, how much how important is it the director's yeah. vision versus what i get out of it you know yep. like maybe he had this intention and then i took it in a totally mm-hmm. different way but it meant something to mm-hmm. me does it matter what he intended to do i mean those yeah. that to me it brings up all sorts of crazy dimensions of thought but anyway I,
1: yeah i mean i think that's part of why i come back to this so often you know and i feel like it's the it's the reason why like when I watch this movie, I don't necessarily watch it trying to figure it all out. I watch it because I, right. I like the exchanges, I like the characters, I like being taken along for the ride, and I like then picking up those different. Ooh, I wonder if this is what this means, right? Um, and you're right; it's yeah. the same with any like great work of art or great song or anything, you know. The and I've even heard, and I, I'm this is terrible of me. I can't remember which musician said it, but um, someone was asked about sort of the meaning. It might've been Michael Stipe. I think it was Michael Stipe in our, from REM. Right. And he was like, that makes sense. Yeah. In fact, it was, it was, it was the song losing my religion. And someone was at, was asking like, what is, what does this mean? And is it this? And is it this? And he said, you know, it doesn't really yeah. matter what my interpretation is. What matters is your interpretation. And, and that's why I'm never going to sit down and tell you what my idea was behind it, because it's more meaningful to you. If you come to that yourself, you know, um, yeah, actually
0: I, I think I remember that interview or another interview with him where he actually credits he's he, it was he's referring he was referring to an interview with Bob Dylan mm. who, you know, wrote sometimes very confusing songs mm-hmm. and and Dylan's response is basically once it's out there, you know, I no longer own the song. Yeah. You know, it kind of belongs to the world. Yeah. So his his thing too is like yeah. I I'm the creator, but then it's like it it has this, it has a life of its own, right. and maybe that's what's happened to to Primer in a way. Mm. It's it's created its own little. <laughs>
1: Oh my God! I mean, has its own little
0: following and its own little world.
1: Name another movie that has so many like YouTube explanations and like timeline diagrams (laughs) and conversations (laughs) and forum rooms out there. I mean, I haven't done the deep forensic research to know that I'm right that this is the one that has it, but I'm willing to like I'll make a hundred dollar bet that it does.
0: Yeah, like we both said, (laughs) like I don't know how many movies you actually have to like look at a diagram right to, yeah to like understand the movie mm-hmm. or or and even when i do see the diagram i it doesn't help don't think i understand yeah it's like okay yeah <laughs> it's it's just like you could show me strands of dna and it's like okay that's dna i don't know what it. Means, i understand though, that, but i'm sure that's how it works i, I
1: understand <laughs> that it's important and i understand it tells somebody something but yeah. it doesn't mean anything to me yeah. Yeah, no, I just believe yeah. it and that's enough. I had um, I had one last so. thing to throw in there. So I I watched this kid. I don't know how I pulled this off. So uh for listeners, I have uh, I have a whopping total of five children. Um, uh, I managed to convince three of them to watch this movie with me. It was their first time. <laughs> so I my wife and and, wow, that's exciting. and three of the children watched this and I asked them for some of their thoughts after and I liked this this quote uh that i can't remember which kid sorry kids uh it was but the quote was um (laughs) it's like a puzzle but i don't know where the pieces are
0: (laughs) (laughs) wow that is one one of your kids is especially brilliant
1: yeah uh i I, oh did i say my kids no i can't no that's like
0: (laughs) (laughs) wow that is seriously good though (laughs) yeah anyway So, Glenn, in our this episode's Would You Rather? Oh, yes. I can't. At the end of the movie. Uh huh. <laughs> what? I can't wait. Oh, I thought maybe you were going to. Yes. Okay. At the end of the movie, would you rather be Aaron
1: or Abe? Oh, God. Oh, man. <laughs> oh. Why did we decide to do this segment? <laughs> this is impossible. <laughs> oh, um aaron or abe okay so let me just think about this a little bit uh aaron has effectively walked out on his family uh is now living in (laughs) i don't know where i'm just gonna say brazil chile Chile or brazil
0: or yeah somewhere in south i I believe south america yeah
1: yeah. uh is building a giant machine i'm not sure what i mean maybe he's gonna go back and finally kill hitler but that's not how the machines work they have to yeah when they're turned on so uh yes (laughs) so you know he's got a purpose um he's got no family but um you know there's that uh abe now has signed up for perpetual babysitting duty uh yep spying on their doubles (laughs) For his entire life, I guess I really don't yes, understand. He's now responsible, right? I don't understand what his purpose is. Man, there's no right answer to this one. They're both bad. I don't want to spend all. I don't want to spend all my day uh, with binoculars, like spying on my previously best friend's family and maybe his wife that I have an infatuation for. I'm not quite sure. Uh, as morally bankrupt as it is, I'm going to go with Aaron because at least he's got a project. And as but I one thing I know for myself is I need a project. <laughs> well, Abe has a project too. Uh, it's a it's shitty t- project. T- I'm t- sorry, t- it's a terrible project.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, that is interesting. Listen, I I've been, I have taken a glimpse into your soul. I will
1: never be a private <laughs> investigator because the thought of sitting in a car outside of a building. <laughs> watching the building for hours on end just eating like hamburgers and old like coffee you know, coffee and styrofoam cups that are just like littering up my my cup holders like I can't do it, I can't do it Uh, oof, that's a rough one so just to summarize I have now stated that I would be willing to walk away from my family my wife, my family if it meant that I have a fun exciting project to do Uh, I'm going to have to think about that a little bit. It'll be a good therapy subject. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I sorry to open up that can of worms for you.
0: Yeah. So Glenn, yeah. uh, what do you, what do you have
1: for us for next episode? So I, I, I honestly have no idea how you're going to react to this movie, but, um, oh great (laughs) Uh, it's meatballs no (laughs) it's uh porkies we'll we'll watch all the (laughs) porkies movies followed by all the police academy movies um (laughs) no so i I would be bleeding (laughs) yeah exactly um so the category i chose for this one um and boy i don't even know if we've talked about this so hopefully this isn't too much of a surprise but uh the category is uh filling the void which is uh, movies hmm. that one or both of us have never seen. Uh, maybe a prominent movie, oh. you know, something that is yeah. out there, but like I just huh. never seen it, right? Um, right. Yeah. So I chose for this movie a movie that I have never seen and have heard it spoken of highly, and have actually heard a couple of other movie podcasters talk about it as one of their favorite movies. Um, Cer- yeah. Searching for Bobby Fisher. Oh, you're right. Have
0: you <laughs> I have never seen
1: that either. Oh, this is awesome. I had no idea if you would have seen it or not. So this will be a... a no,
0: a, I've, like you, I've heard about yeah. it and heard it's great.
1: No, it's got Lawrence Fishburne. It's uh, uh, Ben Kingsley, Jodie Foster. Right. Um, no, I yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, th- okay. This will be a fun experiment. This will be a fun project. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Yeah, if, no we'll see if the uh, filling the void uh, category makes the cut, or if we just axe it entirely after this. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, I've 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 heard good things about it. So, and I've it's actually been on my list for a while to kind of actually sit down and watch. Cool. So, All um, right.
0: Well, this is yeah. A, yeah, good reason for us to do this. Yeah, then. I do we think missed the most important movie of our life. <laughs>
1: It can't be the most important, because I don't think there are guns in it, but, you know, we'll see. Huh. Are you sh- Well, we'll find out, I guess. That's how you play chess, is with guns. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Very good. Yep. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, thank you, Chris, for this conversation. I have had so much fun talking about this movie. I know that we could probably talk for another two hours, and frankly, we probably oh, will at some point <laughs> on this movie. Yeah. Now... Now we're free to talk about it at our leisure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. I've been uh, Glenn Cooper. This is Chris Peterson. And we will catch you next time.